This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, how much do you know about New Zealand's long-tailed bat? I'll wager for most of us out there, not very much. Well, the Catlin's Bat Project is running a series of public bat discovery walks uh, again this summer, part of uh, a mission to spread the word about these wonderful mammals. We'll find out more about that now. Annette Patterson joins us on the line. Annette, Morena, good to have you with us. Good morning, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me along today. Annette, let's um, start with your involvement with the Catlin's Bat Project. When did that start? Um, well, up until about eight years ago, I didn't even realise we had bats in the Catlin's. And I was quite surprised when I went to a bat and moth evening at Earthlaw, which is just up the road from where I live, um, to discover that, we yes, we did have long-tailed bats living in the Catlin's. And you, you're... Curiosity was piqued, no doubt. It's one thing to make that discovery. It's another to come on board and help out with the project. What can you tell us about the project? So um, at that night, I discovered that they did things called um, surveys. So every summer, a group of people would go out of after uh, after sunset, about half an hour afterwards, the bats come out to feed and forage. And so... Uh, Volunteers walk a distance of eight kilometres, so you're walking a kilometre and then driving a car a kilometre and then walking another kilometre. And while you're walking, you're holding bat detectors and you're hoping to catch the sound of a bat pass on your bat detector. And so that, I got engaged then because I'd never heard a bat on a bat detector. And it was quite exciting being out in the beautiful Catlins at night time and just walking along with friends and hoping that you'll see or hear a bat. And I was hooked. Tell me more about the bat detector. Of course, we're bringing to mind Batman now and something from his utility belt. What does, <laughs> what does it look like? Uh, so it's about the size of a cell phone. And because we can't pick up, um, with our human ears, we can't pick up the bat's echolocation for most calls. You can for some calls. but So, yes, you've got it set to 40 kilohertz and you're walking along with it held sort of about shoulder height and hoping to just pick up, as they're foraging, the... the sending out the echolocation. You can't see my hand, can you? Um, <laughs> and it bounces back off the insects, and that's that's what we're what, that's what we're hearing. So, yeah. So the project I just got hooked. Yeah, and so the project is mainly what a monitoring um, project, a monitoring of populations. So at that stage it was, and then we've got um, things called passive bat detectors, which you have a memory card in them, and there are about the size of a Coke bottle maybe, a smaller Coke bottle. Um, and they they work by battery, so you hang them out in the forest and they click on it a certain time that you set it for and then they click off again. So when normally about this time of year setting up for about nine hours. So it picks up bat calls after they come out in the evening and they're usually back in their roost by by the time the sun comes up in the morning. So, yes, my husband and I have been doing that out at the Tawanui Forest for the last two years. Every fortnight we go out and change the bat detectors, uh, get the little memory cards out of them and put them on our laptop, and then we're reading the data to see if there's any bats in so, the area. Yeah, and so your particular area uh, is obviously one of the strongholds uh, of the bats. Are they... Are they you know, which parts of the Catlins areas are the populations located? So we started by doing it. Katrina Gower, who started the project, um, was doing surveys in many areas around the Catlins. 
And a few years ago, we had an exhibition and we had a big map on the wall and showed the location. So they're spread out quite quite evenly spread out over the Catlins. But we think it's the part that the, our, the Catlins Bats Project's concentrating on are mainly in the Tawanui Forest. And that's where you'll be coming on Saturday night, the group's meeting, to um, do another walk to see if we can see or hear any more bats. Well, you've mentioned that, and of course I'm very much looking forward to this walk, and you are encouraging uh, others to take an interest. The invitation has been out um, for mm. members of the public to, to, to come along and be part of these experiences. Tell us a little bit more about the public walks and what happens. Okay, so we meet um, just before sunset, and we have a little health and safety chat, and we talk a little bit about the bats, and then um, groups, so last time we had it, we had uh, sorry thirty people. Our biggest group last year was over fifty, and um, because we've got a limited number of bat detectors, we usually we can't each have one, but we share them in groups. But the bat detector, you can hear it like you can hear it a long way away. So if you're not holding one, you can still hear it. Uh, last just before just before New Year, we had. Um, our last bat night with the public, and we were lucky enough, honestly, Jeff, they were flying right above our head. Like, it's just a few metres above our head. I was jumping up and down with excitement. It was so cool. <laughs> so everybody got to see and hear them that night, and it was amazing, because they're critically endangered. Yeah, so let's find out a little bit more about these bats. Um, they're small. Do you want to tell you how big they are? Well, yeah, they're small creatures, aren't they? Yeah, so their body's about the same size as our, an adult thumb, Jeff, and they weigh about as much as a $2 coin, so they're quite tiny. And what do we know about um, them in terms of their habits around eating and so forth? So we think that they live in um, roosts. They live in a colony together. Uh, we don't know where they are because they move around like most nights. They move to another tree. So they're not in caves like you see on TV. Uh, we think our bats live in hollowed-out trees or under bark of old trees, and they live in groups, and they probably move around most nights because they don't want the waste product to build up in their their, their, their their roosting area because that would attract predators. So, yeah, that's what they're doing. They move around. So imagine it like a, a block in the city. They might just be, you know, over near the shop one night and then down by the river the next night just so they're moving around. You mentioned uh, monitoring of moths. I guess there's a direct correlation between moths and bats, right? And a moth would make a nice meal for a bat, I imagine. Very tasty, yes. Yes, so they eat moths and insects. They can eat up to about 600 a night, we believe, which is about a quarter of their body weight in food that they'd eat in a night. They fly sort of about 20 kilometres looking for foraging for food. Um, that's a long way, isn't it, for a little mammal to fly every night? Yeah. And what do we know about the populations? I mean, since this monitoring has been going on for a number of years now, are they are they doing well enough at this time? Well, the data that my husband and I have been collecting, it looks like the number's sort of about the same. There hasn't been a huge drop, which is great. Um, we honestly don't know. There has to be more research done because we're not tagging them in the Catlins or in, with this group. Um, we don't know how long they live or where they're going. So obviously there's heaps more work to be done, Jeff. But yeah, it looks like they're out there and they seem happy. And, and it, many of us would have taken a walk in the forest, perhaps even in the Tawanui forest, and might not 
necessarily have had bats on our mind. So, I mean, are they are they something that we would notice? No, I don't think you would, especially during the day because they're nocturnal. Um, no, I don't see. And, and when they fly, Jeff, they're looking more like a butterfly. They flutter more than flap their wings. Um, so a lady on last last group meeting that we had said, oh, I think I've seen that flying motion before. Now, you know, she'd recognised it as being a bat where she thought it was just a bird with a wonky wing before. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, I don't think we'd notice them in the forest. I never have, unfortunately. Saturday evening's public walk is one of several that you're running across the summer. Why extend this invitation out to the public? Oh, because we want people to know about them. They're so, such interesting little creatures. We want people to know about them. Um, it's very exciting to to see a critically endangered mammal flying very close to you. I mean, yeah, it's just it's fabulous. And it's it's so great you need to share it, don't you? There's another walk coming up over the course of the Waitangi uh, Day week, long weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who are interested, who perhaps, of course, it's always lovely to go and spend a weekend in the Catlins, and that's what uh, we're planning for this weekend. There'll be locals involved too, but people coming from out of town. If people want to find out a little bit more about this and perhaps want to come on one of the walks themselves, and yet, what should they do? Oh, they could contact me. Um, would I give out my... Do you have a Facebook page that we could... Let's do that. Let's make a post on the Facebook page today with the, yeah. so people can take Should it. I send you our flyer, Jeff? Send me the flyer. You've got my email email address. We'll share that with our listeners, uh, Annette. That would be great. I'm sure there'll be listeners out there who whose ears will have perked up, perhaps yes. not, not so much that they're hearing the bats yet, but if they take a bat detector <laughs> with them on Saturday, then they might be able to. So there's still places on this coming Saturday night? Yes, we don't have a cap on the walk. Uh, the walk is actually not a very long walk. We're on a gravel road. It's, I mean, you don't even have to walk if you don't want to. We just stood and watched the bats last time. We were incredibly lucky. But it's just a very short walk. Um, it's not actually in the forest. It's on the edge of the forest. So, it's, yes, it's suitable for all ages, all fitness abilities. Fantastic. Yeah, great. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I can't uh, wait. And I'm sure there'll be others out there who'll be very interested in in the work of the Catlin's Bat Project. And for those who knew nothing about the New Zealand long-tailed bat, they'll find, definitely find out a little bit more as part of being involved. Here is a, a contact number for Annette if you're interested in, in booking your spot for this coming Saturday night or indeed uh, a further work, walk that will take place on Sunday the 5th of February. Uh, the number is 0274158168. I'll give you that number again. 0274158168. Or you can email Annette Powaka, that's A-N-N-E-T-T-E-P-O-W-A-K-A, Annette Powaka at gmail. Or you can just flick us an email here at uh, ORFM. We can pass those contacts on. Our email address, community at oar.org.nz. Annette, thanks so much for taking some time to join us here on ORFM. I look forward to uh, catching up with you on Saturday evening. Oh, I can't wait, Jeff. And thank you so much for inviting me on, and I hope your listeners have a great day. Kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.